Welcome to the 26th, the official podcast of the Mecklenburg County Bar. As an MCB member, we know you deserve every possible benefit for your dollar. Our focus is to provide exclusive insight and resources ranging from business development to member spotlights and everything in between. You serve the public. Now let us serve you right here on the 26th. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the 26th, an MCB podcast. I'm Robert Ingalls, and I'll be your host. Now, if this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended to serve as another tool among the multitude of resources afforded to Mecklenburg County Bar members. We're splitting the podcast into seasons, with each season highlighting a different topic based on requests from MCB members. The first season is all about business development and features attorneys from all walks of life, from large firms to solo shops, sharing their unique stories of building practices. We're going to hear what worked and what didn't and where they see the future of business development going. Now, after you finish with this episode, just click on that subscribe button in your preferred podcast player and you'll get notified when new episodes are available. Our guest on this episode is the Queen of Custody, Attorney Rhonda Patterson of the Patterson Law Office. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome back to another episode of the 26th and MCB podcast. Today, we are here with Rhonda Patterson. Rhonda, how are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I will warn the listeners that we are recording this on the uh, day after the election on November 4th in the morning. So I think it's safe to say that no one has had any sleep. So uh, bear in mind while you listen to that. And I'm so. glad the cameras are not on right now. So yeah, I'm glad you put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rhonda. So this season, we are focusing on business development. And I know that you have a lot of information to share with us on that. You've had an interesting career path starting in big law, going into your own firm. So take us back to kind of the beginning in your big law days. Like, what was that experience like? Was there business development involved in it? Like, what what was your kind of coming of age as an attorney story there? You know, I am so grateful that I learned to be a lawyer in big law. Big law has its ups and it has its downs. But I learned to be a lawyer there. I learned how to service my partners as clients. I learned to write, think critically put in the long hours that it often takes to do well at this work that we do. And so simply learning how to be a strong lawyer is business development. (laughs) You know, the better you are at your job, the more positive the reviews will be. And so I don't think I realized it at the time that that was business development, but it absolutely was. I'll be candid. I think I also took it for granted. There were many opportunities that I could have taken advantage of that I simply didn't because I was younger and less mature and focused on some of the wrong things. There was certainly opportunity for business development that I didn't fully take advantage of, but I'm grateful for what I did grasp. Now, what were those opportunities for somebody who maybe is just entering a career in big law or is earlier in their career? What are some of those opportunities that you feel like you missed? I think it's it's relationships. Really, that's what business development is for me. I don't care how much money you pay. I don't care who you hire. The best development comes from sincere, authentic relationships. And as a young lawyer from a very small town, a person of color, a woman, 
I felt intimidated in some ways to really foster relationships with, you know, the senior male partner who didn't look like me. It didn't appear on the surface that we may have had anything in common. And so candidly, I probably shrunk away from trying to foster a relationship there. I didn't leave my comfort zone is probably the best way to describe it. And as I've gotten older, more mature, I've been more willing to step out of that comfort zone and have been pleasantly surprised at the relationships that you can develop with people who on the surface don't look like you, maybe don't even think like you, but you sometimes have to be willing to take that leap and see what's there. Sure. Now, were there any business development programs? Like, was there anything you really felt like you were able to take away from your time in Big Law that helped you when you ultimately did go out on your own? I think the training. I mean, one thing that's great about Big Law is just the institutional knowledge. So there were tons of CLE on CLE on rainmaking and business development. Again, teaching me the foundation because, again, I don't care how much money you pay. If you're not a great lawyer, it's going to run out in the end. <laughs> right. And so the product has to be good. Yeah, the product has to be good. I don't care how much you pay in advertisements. And so for me, that was the business development in big law, learning to be a great lawyer. And then I've been able to layer on top of that over the years, you know, the marketing pushes. But if the core isn't good, that stuff won't work. Sure. So having that background in big law, at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to leave this? And, and I've talked to a number of people who have made that same transition. And I know it can be scary when you go from a firm where maybe a lot of your clients are already there for you and you don't really have to spend that same amount of focus. What helped you make that decision to say, okay, I want to take everything on my shoulders? Life has a funny way of sometimes pushing you to make those tough decisions that you may not want to make. And so I had reached a point in my personal life where I needed a little more flexibility with young children. I was no longer as fulfilled in the work that I was doing. I'm very big on kind of prioritizing peace and and working in my passion. And so it, it really was a push. You know, I, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I had to make a move so that I could be what I needed to be to my family and to myself. So I, yeah. I'd be taking the easy way out to say, oh, I put a lot of thought into it. And it was just something I wanted to do. It, it really was more something I felt like I had to do at that stage of life. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot. And I felt it in my own life. It's, it's almost not a choice. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a, it feels like a calling. It's like, this is a thing I have to do now. Yeah, exactly. What would you say were some of the biggest challenges you faced from a business development standpoint, getting that new firm off the ground? I'd say figuring out my zone of expertise, my niche, my passion. You know, when you hang your own shingle, your one of your primary focuses is, well, how am I going to pay the bills? <laughs> and so you're a little more willing to take on any work just to have work. And so certainly I I fell into that for, you know, probably various points over the first year of having my firm. But it was a challenge to finally say, I may have to turn away clients to truly take on those cases that I'm passionate about and that I love. And so in the end, I have not regretted that decision, but turning away money when that's what you need (laughs) is not an easy thing to do. So that was certainly a big challenge is recognizing that I, I had to find an area of focus. And that may have meant turning away clients early on. Yeah. I think that that's a big takeaway from our discussion right now for any younger lawyers, lawyers just getting started is to, when you really get into that niche, you can do yourself a disservice by practicing what, you know, what we call door law, 
whatever comes in, we take it because you're looking at your balance sheet and you're saying, look, if, if I don't make 500 bucks in the next three days, the power gets turned off, like that kind of thing. And then I think lawyers, I see lawyers get stuck in that position where they start taking other cases that are outside their wheelhouse that distract them from their focus. And, you know, they, they look up and five years gone by, 10 years gone by, and they're still kind of doing that same grind. If you're in that position as a young lawyer, I think this is really good advice. Yeah. And, you know, I say it to this day, I'm quick to refer out a case to someone and, and that lawyer may be like, well, why don't you just do it? You can do this if you wanted to. But I always say it doesn't spark joy for me. If it doesn't spark joy, I'm not going to do it. Because one, that's going to be the case that just sits there, right? That's going to be the case that doesn't get my fullest attention. And I'm trying to avoid malpractice. I'm trying to avoid just, you know, not servicing people the way they deserve to be serviced. And so in my experience, if it's a case that sparks joy for me, that kind of invokes that fire and passion in me, I'm going to do a much better job at it. And that's what the client deserves. I like that. It's kind of the Marie Kondo approach to practicing law. Does it spark joy? Does it spark joy? If not, put it down and give it to someone else. <laughs> Throw that case away. One of the things you said I wanted to come back to is you were talking about referring at that case out. That is another area that I have seen a lot of lawyers be successful in business development is creating good referral network. When those cases come in that you don't necessarily want to do, you refer them out to your referral partners. And that's a good way to start generating your own referral network. That's absolutely right. I mean, you find the lawyers that you would trust with your own cases in every practice area. And yeah, when I get the calls, I send them straight to them and everyone's happy that way. Yeah. And then you establish yourself as the person that they're going to send the cases that are outside their wheelhouse that are in yours. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this short break. Hi, I'm Greg Hicks, and I'm the Director of Digital Media here at the Mecklenburg County Bar. One of my passions is photography, and last year we thought it'd be a great idea to share that passion with bar members. So that's why all MCB members are eligible to receive professional headshots for you and your support staff as part of your membership. All it takes is a quick email to me at ghicks at mechbar.org, and we'll set up an appointment here at the Bar Center, or I'll come out to your firm if you have the space. So head to mechbar.org benefits to see all that the MCB has to offer. Thanks again for listening to The 26th, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, in the beginning, I know you feel it really, you felt it really hard when you're juggling everything. You're having to deal with the business side of actually running the business and then dealing with the clients and then actually finding time to practice law and thinking about marketing. Were you mindful of making time for business development? Like, did you have a strategy? Absolutely. I knew that I had to get out there and get my name out there, feet to pavement. And so really early on, I think what I told myself was every day I have to be doing something that touches business development, even if it's just reaching out to an old friend to let them know, hey, I started my own firm and this is what I'm doing. I attended a lot of Chamber of Commerce meetings when I first started. Really, I got more active in the bar when I opened my own firm. Sometimes when we're at big firms, and I commend those big firm lawyers who are super active in the bar, but candidly, that was not me at the time. I really lived in my big firm bubble. And it wasn't until I started my own practice that I felt like I had the time to really get active with other members of the bar. And so early on, it was every day do something to touch business development and relationships. I mean, that's something that we should put on a, a poll quote and post on social media is every day I should be doing something that touches business development. And if you're listening, younger lawyers, there was so much in that, that answer, leveraging your network, sending out emails like, 
in those years you were practicing, you developed a lot of contacts and maybe necessarily you hadn't been leveraging them yet. But the thing is, as soon as you get out there, you email them all and say, hey, I'm out here. This is what I'm doing. Feel free to send cases this way. Joining the Mecklenburg County Bar is a really good one. And then, you know, you said you joined in the chamber, that community involvement. Really, every relationship you have, whether it's church, your kids' activities, sororities, fraternities, every group that you're a part of is an opportunity for business development. And, you know, it can, I think one of the challenges is that can feel self-serving. Certainly, you don't want to just be meeting people for business. But I think there's an authentic way to go about it. And if you love what you do and you're good at what you do, you're doing them a service as well. They have now found a great lawyer that they can refer to when their friends and family are in need of help. So that was a challenge, was trying to, you know, not feel guilty (laughs) about it, but really looking at every relationship as an opportunity for growth. And that has been what's happened in my practice. Yeah, my friend Harrison Lord, who was, I think, the last episode we recorded, he talks a lot about business development and and not looking at it transactionally like that. It's, you know, start by making connections with people, start the friendship, and then it's naturally going to develop into those situations. Yeah, if you're serving, if you're, you know, again, being authentic with people, it will come. Now, if it's just you get a business card and you email them and that's it, then yeah, it's probably not going to turn into anything. But if you strike up a conversation and realize, you know, their son runs track and your daughter runs track and you start a conversation and a relationship based on track, then yeah, you may have a lifelong friend and referral partner. Right. Make friends and those people are going to like you, know you, trust you, and send you business. And that's a good tactic in in all areas of your life. I mean, you are going to have to deal with those Facebook messages from people you haven't talked to in years that are like, hey, you're an attorney, right? I know all attorneys get those. But that really is the way to go about it is to make those connections in your everyday life. And that's who they're going to think of you as. Oh, you're the attorney that practices family law. Who else would I send to? So one of the things that is on everyone's mind right now is the pandemic. And I know a lot of businesses, whether in law or not, are, are having to you know, change their strategies and pivot. How are you pivoting your business development strategy in the face of the pandemic? I have been very fortunate in that because of the nature of the work that I do, the pandemic has not drastically impacted the amount of calls that we're getting. In fact, in some ways, it has increased the number of calls that we're getting. I do divorce work. I try to help people figure out how they're going to separate. How are they going to co-parent? And, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, those are the kind of questions that families are having. Like, and, I am stuck in this house with this person. I can't take and it And how anymore. do I get out? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not lost on me that I'm very fortunate to be in an area of law that has not been hit as hard. Certainly early on, there was a lot of fear that we would have to do a, a very big pivot. We just haven't had to do that. And I'm fortunate there. I think I did commit very early on, though, that I would not sacrifice the quality of work. I would not sacrifice my employees. I was very committed that we were going to keep them all afloat at the same level. I didn't care what it took for me to have to do that. I'm really big on the energy that you put out into the universe. And and part of me certainly believes that that's part of why I didn't have to pivot, because I I was going to be committed to making it work for the people around me regardless. Nice. Now, are you using any technology? This is one of the things I like to ask people. I would like to figure out who's doing what. I'm very kind of a techie myself. I use a lot of technology in my business. Are you using any business development resources, any contact management? So I'm not that tech savvy. <laughs> the extent of my tech is Instagram, 
And I do use like constant contact, but in an interesting way. So I kind of have two worlds going on. So I've got my North Carolina focused, Mecklenburg County really focused family law. And with that, no, I'm not all that tech savvy. But then there's this like alter ego that I have that's known as the queen of custody. And that is more of a nationally focused co-parenting coaching type world. So not bound by states because I'm not giving legal advice, more just kind of help in the co-parenting space. And so that is where I use like the mail merge, the constant communication contact type things to push out mass emails to people. I do a lot of little videos and posts on social media and Instagram about the co-parenting space that certainly has garnered a little bit of a following. So I'm kind of straddling, you know, again, I don't profess to be the most tech savvy person, but I certainly do it when it makes sense. No, I know you're probably not using a Rolodex to keep up with all of your contacts. So. No, for firm management, I use Clio. So certainly all of my clients, so there are really any contacts we have from the firm going Clio. And so that's certainly a, a place where we keep all of those stored and, and can send out some mass communications if we need to. Sure. And how are you keeping up with your referral sources? Like, how are you tending those relationships and making sure that they stay healthy? Again, just trying to be authentic. I really do like connecting with people on social media. And and I know that can feel a little stalkerish. Like if you meet somebody out and then you go and like friend them on Facebook, that can feel a little awkward. I think it's gotten to the point where people are so used to it now. it's, It's not as taboo. But I love that because it helps, again, see the personal side of them. Of course, you're only able to see what they post. But you realize, oh, we, we both have a love for travel or we both have a love for wine, you know, whatever it is. And, and again, that's a way to foster that authentic relationship. I try to keep up with birthdays and milestones and anniversaries and that sort of thing. Again, just letting people know that you're thinking about them in their high moments, even their low moments. But it's really just about being authentic. And I think that's how relationships grow. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I was like, I knew there had to be a strategy there. And, and it, I feel like from listening to you talk, it sounds like it kind of comes second nature to you. Like this is, of course, this is how I do this. I think that's what oh. it is. This actually, this conversation I'm realizing is a little challenging for me because it is second nature. I'm not looking at business development as something I have to do. I think I really am looking at it as I love people and relationships and I love trying to figure out how we can be connected, even though we don't look alike. And that's business development. So you're right. I think it's so second nature to me that I don't have like a a handbook prepared on how I've done it. Maybe I should have sat down and think about this before this. No, this is good. I'm getting it out of you. Now, before I ask you my last question, this has been a very informative interview, very valuable. Where can the listeners connect with you? On Instagram, my handle is at Queen of Custody. The law office is the PattersonLawOffice.com. And all of my other contact information would be there. All right. Thank you. Now, what piece of advice do you wish you could go back and give yourself when you were just starting your firm? Find your passion. Be intentional about finding your passion. Be intentional about finding your passion. What practice area, what part of the law sparks joy in you? And pursue that and pursue it boldly. Don't be afraid to work to be the most premier and preeminent lawyer in that space. Don't be afraid to let your light shine. I think if you are authentic and operating from a place of wanting to serve people and steward their resources and steward their cases, there's nothing wrong with doing that out loud and boldly. And as the quote from Marianne Williamson says, when we do that, when we live out loud and live boldly, we are really giving 
other people permission to do the same. And I think that really elevates the practice of law, which then is more of a benefit to our community. Nice. Well, I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out. This is extremely valuable. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The 26th. Head to mechbar.org to hear more from this podcast, suggest future topics, and review member resources. 